welcome, welcome. I just want to mention um, how surreal it was of an experience. One, seeing you for the first time in forever, mm-hmm. like just because of this whole COVID shit. And two, seeing that movie that I didn't even think was possible before and just having it projected onto a wall in your room, fucking munching on pizza, ranch sauce, wings, drinking beer, just, just, I missed those types of movie nights. Yeah. That was a classic, that was a classic throwback to the, to the good old times we had back in school, which is weirdly enough, like when this movie was originally came out to theaters. I don't know. I don't even know if we, did we watch we this movie in theaters? The, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we watched it on TV, So we, yeah. wow. Full circle moment. Eh, eh Cheney? <laughs> That's pretty sick. But yeah, no. I didn't even like mind the Justice League when I watched it in theaters because, I don't know, I was just happy to see DC stuff. Yeah. But like hindsight, after I got back, I was like, yeah, you know what? That's not going to go over well. Not at all. Something was off. Something fell off. There's a lot of shit I did like in that. Turns out everything that I liked in the Justice League was actually Zack Snyder stuff. Yeah. Everything. I think that was pretty much a relief for fans, like including myself, to see that like, okay, like pretty all, all the stuff and like to the contrast that all the points that I hated of the movie of like the theatrical cut, I that I'm like this can't be Zack Snyder's writing or Chris Terrio's writing or whatever. Those were Joss Whedon scenes too. So like it, it was a bit of a like confirmation while watching it too. It's like okay, thank God that I put my chips in the right guy, like kind of thing. And to be fair, I didn't really know the full context of, like, what had happened to the original Justice League mm. movie, like, going into it. So I didn't I didn't get the sense that something would be, like, a jumbled mess, you know? Um, but it ended up being, like, a jumbled, multi-tonal mess that was just horrible. Now that I'm thinking back on it, like, oh, my God. <laughs> like... And I, and I know, like, everyone's like, oh, the Snyder Cut's so much superior. And it is. Um, a lot of that's due to the runtime. Um, it being four hours, you have literally an extra, what, hour and a half of new footage in this movie. Double. Is, you have double yeah. the, the screen time, essentially, mm-hmm. you know. Which is nuts. But here's the thing. Here's, the, here's why I think it's four hours long. One, the Snyder Cut people said they wanted everything. So Zack Snyder said, fuck it, I'll give you everything. Here's literally everything I have. Yeah. Like, no deleted not, scene. Like, nothing left for a deleted scene featurette. Like, no, none of that. No. no. Nothing constrained. Nothing trimmed down. Like, no, no mm-hmm. none of the, all the fat is on the steak. Yeah. All the Snyderisms that you want or wanted, all the slow mo, beefed up slow mo motions, all, and all of them, I say, with a big emphasis on that. Um, all the you know the uh rock and roll songs covering the justice league doing something or like the the operatic music the ballet music whatever that's sort of there's so much to get into this movie and like because it's a four-hour movie obviously but like right it is the first this point is the I most talk about, though yeah yeah lay it on there so despite this movie being four hours like i said it's got all the fat on it shame on Warner Brothers. You're telling me that you couldn't trim the Snyder Cut, this four-hour movie, down to fucking just under three hours? 
You tell me you can't do that? I, I sure as hell think you could. And I sure as hell think Zack Snyder's like original vision could have been released in theaters. See, I have I, I have a bit of a hot take um, on this point as a response. I think the Justice League, Joss Whedon's cut, is the best thing that could have happened for this version of the movie to be released to mass audiences. Because there's no way in 2017 Warner Brothers was going to release a four-hour movie into theater. Uh, there was no HBO Max at the time, no discussions for a director's cut of that scale, nothing. The most we were going to get, like, they literally put a mandate on the film before the film came out that the movie had to be two hours. And, you know, best case scenario, you still get under a three-hour movie, two and a half hours. Best case scenario, you're still losing out so much of this movie. Uh, so much of, like, the 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 meat behind like what makes this movie good that i'd still i don't know if a theatrical cut of this movie would have been mm-hmm. as sort of hyped out hyped uh, as people are getting about it i think Here's this the is thing, the best version or the best outcome could have happened was because fans saw that there was way more behind this than we saw in 2017 that there is a deeper storytelling going on here and we deserve to i see agree that. I agree that like this is the best version. I'm glad this version came out, but you can't sit there and tell me that a theatrical release of Snyder's version couldn't have been made. Like let's think I think it, no no, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm oh, saying. Okay. I think it could have been made and it could have came out, but this is the best case scenario yeah, yeah, for yeah. It's just like Hail's edition for Batman versus Superman. Right. Yeah. And, and right. here's the thing, even when Batman versus Superman came out or any Zack Snyder movie for that matter. Any Zack Snyder movie comes out, it's sort of um mishandled by the studio in terms of edit or marketing or whatever and he gets the shit for it like him as the filmmaker gets all the criticism that snyder's movies are too much of this they're too dark they're not bright enough they're not saturated in color whatever and that almost 100 guarantee that would have happened but worse for snyder if if joss whedon didn't come on board even and he released a two hour or two and a half hour version of this movie keep the tone keep the darkness but you know i think it like not and that's not to say that the movie would have suffered but i think uh it's a matter of like one time and also the the format the platform of how we've ingested the story like the story of the snyder cut being released the release of snyder cut movement on twitter that's happened over the last three years that is just as big as if not bigger than this movie itself you know like we were just talking about it before we hit record um like how cool would it be to see a documentary on this entire thing unfolding and i think that story is sort of what you know broke the stratosphere to say of of zack snyder's justice league being very over the top epic i don't know that i sort of feel that has to play into it but also the fact that we've really just have a rare moment to see a unfiltered Zack Snyder movie and by that I mean not held to a two-hour runtime not held to studio mandate it's really just okay give this guy a release and let's see what just a raw Zack Snyder film looks like so I'm wondering yeah I don't know could have been like if Warner Brothers had just been patient and they let like Zack Snyder flesh out everything before we started getting like the crossover movies. Mm-hmm. So we had a Man of Steel. We had a sort of Dark Knight Returns-esque 
Batman, Batman movie. movie. We had Wonder Woman in World War One. Um, the Aquaman movie could have happened after, perhaps. But yeah, like this... I said, like just those those three first, then Batman mm-hmm. v Superman. Like it it would have made more sense. That like that way better. That whole patience thing is not a Warner Brother. Um, at least Warner Brothers at that time period. Let's say uh, that's definitely not a like slogan of theirs patience or whatever like they rushed so deep into getting to justice league that Mm -hmm. after watching this movie and realizing what Zack Snyder really did with four hours of runtime okay um this man created like if if i just compare for a second to marvel here uh which i might do a couple times in this episode discussion but to be fair who doesn't so if to compare to marvel for a second what Zack Snyder did was created the scope from iron man one to Endgame, but condensed all of that into just three movies i think that's what he did he and especially in justice league uh he like outlined four or five origin stories for superheroes we have not seen in this universe yet we see arthur curry's um not an origin story but i guess somewhat of an introduction just into the world of aquaman the character of aquaman and arthur curry um we step in more to the world of Wonder Woman, the Themyscira, the Amazons. We get basically a full-fledged um, origin story for Cyborg, which, like, I can't wait to just get into his character discussion. But it, you know what I mean to say? Like, he, he literally introduces so many worlds into this one movie, so many layers upon layers of just DC universe, that by the end of it, you realize, like, he, he he's he's done what marvel did in 10 years but with three movies and 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 like varying degrees of sex uh success um that you could argue obviously uh one franchise took 10 years to do that this franchise or Zack Snyder just like did it in under you know under 10 years so my point is to say that he still like is able to fit in all this rich depth of character lore and world building and history um which is like it's just sick like it's like yo why if that was warner brothers plan was like we want to set up our dc universe then why didn't they just let the guy continue to do that job like that's what he was doing you know he was getting to a justice league 3 where we see something i never thought i would ever be able to see cinematically which is the injustice storyline being told you know and and we were getting to see that we were getting to that place that's what batman versus superman was sort of building up to it's like you're gonna see this play out in a couple years just you know wait for it um and it's like i don't know i don't know i don't know like how i feel still because this movie is such a like it's such a clickbait movie kind of because it's like here's this trailer kind of for the dc universe essentially you get a bit of a green lantern here a bit of martian mantra here like you get a little bit of everything from the dc universe in this one movie and then warner brothers comes up the next day and says sorry no sequel no continuation of these stories or rebooting the entire thing It, it it i don't know i have i have a bunch of conspiracy theories i have a bunch of shit i could ramble about i won't get into it about why justice league was even a reality but i'll stick to this point I think that's the best thing that could have happened for us as an audience to get to this part of the world that we live in, which is a four hour Justice League movie in, in a, you know, um, 
in just a large scary like large uh screening availability like that would like that we, we have on hbo max and crave and all that stuff but you're right this is like a trailer like this just makes me sad actually in, in hindsight after watching this movie one like kate okay, i know this is gonna sound weird but like that 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 bat flick is like the best batman i've seen in years because it's a comic book batman like in which one in, in justice league or in yeah uh, justice league yeah okay. i fucking love that bruce wayne and batman patrol mm. there um and because it, it's comic booky right and i don't yes I, and i love the dark knight trilogy but mm-hmm. it's been so long since we've had a comic book like batman mm-hmm. and i i am excited for the batman with the battinson robert pattinson but um I'm afraid they're just going to revert back to the Dark Knight thing, the Dark Knight sort of vibe. Yeah. When in reality, when I saw okay, it's, uh, spoilers for all the Snyder cut. Fuck it. When I saw what they had planned for the Batflick movie, I'm like, I that that's the biggest casualty to me, actually, because like mm. that that modern rivalry, and it's like it's a more up to date. It's a more like modern rivalry between two characters being like batman and deathstroke they're like considered in the dc universe like equals in like combative combative ability yep um so like just seeing deathstroke like systematically destroying the man bruce wayne from within and bruce wayne having to sort of like figure out what the fuck's going on here and then eventually having like which would have been like i'm guessing one of the the best hand-to-hand fights in cinematic history between a Deathstroke and and a Batfleck, like just well, I you just wish... think back to the Arkham. I think it's Arkham City, the uh, cinematic of Batman versus Deathstroke. Yeah, and that. Yeah, yeah. You just think back one. to that, and you're like, I actually went back and watched it after. Yeah. I, after. Well, I got who home. didn't? Literally, who didn't? Like, literally, right. who didn't? After you see Deathstroke in this movie, you're just like, let me see for a second what we could have gotten, and mm-hmm. then you watch that cinematic. But yeah, go on. It's like. <sighs> I wish we could get back to a comic booky Batman, and like, I know. it's it's just with the like the Bat Tank and like, um, I don't know, like shit that, like, in in Batman v Superman, he's like doing unnatural shit. The way he's crawling around the walls, the way he's like flying through the air, he's just doing comic book Batman shit. And yeah, I like seeing that on the big screen as much as I like nolan and, and gritty batman like i need that unrealistic like batman really is a superhero like mm-hmm. i think people overemphasize the man part like no this guy's a freak mm. this guy's a fucking insane person he is literally peak humanity in terms of intellect yeah you could um, write a good psych paper on him right exactly so like i need more of that mm-hmm. and to see that being stripped for me robbed for me um to see, you know, maybe Flash, his first movie wouldn't have been Flashpoint, which mm-hmm. makes sense. His first movie would have been, well, actually, no, no, no. They could have done Professor Zoom, um, Earbard Thon, because he's the one who actually framed Barry's dad for the murder. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go back to the comics, so you could have done that and then moved on to Flashpoint, right? Um, literally like the second wonder woman movie wasn't supposed to be like this 80s nostalgia trip it was actually supposed to be about diana going back to themyscira and like 
eventually becoming queen of the Amazons. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what was like marked out by Zack Snyder and I forget who else he worked with on like the template of the DCEU. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just a crying shame because like as a DC fan, it just fucking sucks, man. I that, think I, I I really don't think we're gonna get the Snyder first back. Okay, let's stay hopeful first. Let's maintain our streak of hopefulness for a second. Like like Batman says in this movie, faith, Alfred, faith. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. just, okay, just for a second, the writing in this movie is astronomically better than the Justice League. Astronomically. Right. It's and Astronomically. Here, here's the thing. To the point that you brought up uh, about this version of Batfleck, um, Batman, being comic booky, And I agree with you. I see that as a complete pro. I'm a huge fan of that because... And I think just to what you were saying, there is two approaches, or maybe there's more. I'm not the author of how to make a superhero movie, but uh, just like from what we've seen so far, I think there is like at least two approaches you could take with uh, these characters or like Batman in general. You can go the Nolan route of grounded, gritty, realistic crime thriller, not superhero movie, but crime thriller um, and ground your Batman into the real world. You know, why should Batman exist in on this earth? Okay, make him a symbol of fear. Sure. Or you could do like the full blown. Okay, I'm ripping the page out off the book and we're visualizing the page, the comic book itself, the full blown. This is a comic book movie Um, and not in the negative sense, not in the kiddish, like immature sense. Like this is a um just like imagery ripped straight from the the comics itself and i think that's what like Zack snyder hits the nail on the head uh especially in terms of batman i mean the the imagery of batman is uh, that just Zack snyder photographs um every, everything that sort of plays into it how bat ben affleck looks how he like looks in the costume how he talks um i think he's the most like when i visualize in my head what bruce wayne should look like it's Ben Affleck is like the closest guy that sort of comes to that. So I think casting decision, like it's a near perfect casting. Um, I just wish we got to see more of that. Like, like you were saying, a Deathstroke movie would have been unreal to see. Like, I know we're going to get Flash, but I mean, come on. I want to see a Batman movie with Ben Affleck. Um, but like, and him directing and like, and with that, that like costume oh, and that what aesthetic. A, yeah. What universe? I mean, do we have to time travel to or fucking multi-dimensionally get to that we see that Ben Affleck directing himself as Batman. Like what? Uh, like, what does directors insane. not get about like the money shot of lightning gargoyle Batman? That's I know you, you just, you just taking dark Knight returns off, the, off the page and just putting it on the screen. I mean, like that's all you need. Uh, and I was just rewatching a couple of scenes with my, with my dad. And, um, you know, he, he's definitely more in, in terms of comic book movies, he's definitely more in the camp of like Christopher Nolan style of, grounding heroes in a real world and and uh realizing them more realistically so when watching Zack Snyder's Justice League like he straight up said like this looks like a comic book movie like the 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 tone the color palette the imagery like this looks like it's literally a comic movie and he was saying that sort of condescendingly I'm like dad that's the point like they want to give that impression of imagery from a comic book that you're seeing larger than life characters um you know that are and i'm not not saying it's every frame but like like you you can pause this movie in many areas and it's literally like 
if you took a page out of a comic book, stripped it out, and just made it into real life. Yeah, the word is picturesque. Like, literally, his visual style is so picturesque that I think I think literally every frame, you could pause it, and you can get something out of it, at least every, every scene. But I think if you wanted to be that guy that played the movie at, like, 1.5 speed, or not 1.5 speed, like, 0.5 speed, and, like, pause frame for frame, this is, like... And, and you know, we were talking about this when watching the movie. The aspect ratio just, like, grew on me so much that I I, I love that this fact, uh, this movie is in, like, that 4 by 3 style IMAX aspect ratio. Like, I can't imagine this movie as a widescreen. Um, I think, like, one that points to a couple of things. Like, I think Zack Snyder is a, like, truly, he's amongst the few sort of auteurs uh, like just directors with a very clear language and style presented through cinema, you know, working in the superhero genre. Like I can't think of many other filmmakers that have produced a trilogy of superhero movies that you, you look at one frame and you know exactly who the filmmaker is behind that. You know what movie you're watching, what part of the movie you're in. You know what I mean? Like his 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 style is so, I think, such a stamp now. Like it's so... um. impressionable in 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 my head in people's head i think um and i think he's really just one of the few like christopher nolan i'm sure people can argue that Mm -hmm. living legend of course but one of the filmmakers who really took the risks of saying like i am a comic book fan let me like tell these characters the way i sort of interpret them i think and you, you know we got in this discussion sort of with bbs like this is his interpretation of his care of, of these DC legends. Um, mm-hmm. Think of it yeah, in the ways like Frank Miller did his graphic novel run. Like I see yeah, Zack Snyder's an, Justice League parallel to the you know that sort of thing. It's an isolated story for sure. It's exactly you have to think of these characters like he's taking certain elements from them um, and leaving some stuff out for his own purpose, um, and that's that's quite evident and I'll, you know I always uh, have some issues with some of the choices he decided to make um, I don't necessarily think Barry Allen is true to Barry Allen but that's not to say that his flash isn't a good character and he didn't have two of my favorite scenes in the movie mm-hmm. um, it's just yeah you have to think of these i think you really have to think of these out of the context of comic i know we're just talking about like they're you can literally rip pages from the comic book and put it on visually yes um story-wise it's its own thing not so much it's no it's its own you have to isolate this especially this justice league i think i don't think this is based off any one particular particular series of comics i think this is like his most uh in a weird way sort of creatively original story of the dc characters like with bvs sort of the criticisms we had both of us which were it's trying to be so many stories it's trying to adapt so many things and it's it's very evident when you're watching it like this is the death of the superman story this is dark knight returns this is a man of steel sequel at the same time it's like so many things that not one story has a breathing room to really uh shine um, or it just doesn't sort of cohesively uh, tell one great story. Right. Justice League, I I don't have that impression whatsoever. I don't. I can't be like, oh, this is this comic book story that they're adapting, and this is ripped out of this. I'm like, yeah, no. It, there's. It, it feels like from design choices of like the uh, the villains from like the from Apocalypse to Steppenwolf, 
sorry, dark side, um, everything. It, it, it seems like he really just like came to this movie with the point of view of building this DC universe from uh, right. an originality standpoint. I don't know. Did you get that feeling? Uh, sort of, but it's still it's like it feels like it's it's like an adaptation of justice league war storyline which is like the new 52 introduction to dark side mm-hmm. um sort of in a way um but it still has that um while it's more evident because it's in one movie where you have like three different four different comics being interpreted in one movie in batman v superman he i do get the feeling that he was starting to spread himself out more because you get from like this justice league war interpretation Mm -hmm. sliding into the injustice interpretation right which are two completely separate comics that have nothing to do with each other ever but he's able to like sort of slide them into each other in separate movies or Mm -hmm. what would have been separate movies um rather than jamming all of these comic book interpretations into one story instead like he's he's letting these stories transition into each other now right that that, that, that's that way more accurate of putting it so it's like it, it's 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 taking like non-conventional uh stories i guess not or it's it's taking the non-conventional route of adapt adaptation of adapting right if i stories. could sort of like it kind of feels like guitar playing to me when mm. i know this is going to be a weird analogy but like when you're playing guitar you have certain scales along the neck and you have certain areas that you work within, right? Um, so say I'm working at the lower part of the neck and then I can move up to the higher part of the neck. And I think of music as storytelling as well. So I'm telling two different Absolutely. stories de- yeah. depending on where I'm playing. Mm-hmm. But um, I can get from the lower part of the neck to the higher part of the neck in many different ways. And you can sort of link those two scales together. And that's what I feel like he's doing where he's, he's picking these... Um, established stories that have um, or this is what like what his plan was going to be he's going to pick established stories and then sort of interpret and sort of jazz his way through to the next story so whereas Injustice originally starts off with the Joker being the one that kills Lois um, this time around it's going to be Darkseid killing Lois pregnant Lois and then using the anti-life equation to help turn Superman evil. Mm-hmm. So, like, who would have, like, not, like, it's so obvious now. It's just a smart thing to do. Yeah. It, it, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just, I, fuck, I want to see that. I want to see Injustice, man. Like, I was just watching I, the, uh, like, in-game cutscenes. Or not, in, yeah, not even that. Too. I was, I was, I, I, there's this guy on YouTube, Comic Story, and I don't know if you've seen yeah comic story yeah 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 well he has like a million views per video so i'd be surprised if you didn't but literally greatest one of the greatest youtube channels like just like storytell uh in terms of storytelling just like it makes it so engaging to hear the entire kind of run of it so i was i was listening to that and i was just so engaged with that story because one it was it's it's not like boring kansas superman it's it's a far more interesting version of superman a more um fallible version of superman and sort of paralleling with this uh like what we're talking about Zack Snyder's justice league this is my in this movie it's my favorite version of this superman like i i'm not a huge fan of henry cavill's superman i'll be honest but for some reason it not for some reason actually i know what the reason is 
in this movie he i instantly became more of a fan i was more interested to see his story progression and i think that's because um how they're sort of playing with the consequences of batman versus superman in this uh like the deaths of how did the death of superman sort of affect clark uh clark kent um um like coming back from that like is he you know i don't know maybe i did also too much reading into like what the future sequels were gonna be because i definitely i definitely did that but it, it sort of points to this this like darker version of uh of the character that we're gonna see a, a more brutal version of the character um well we were getting that with the end we were getting that we were getting that we were just like we were so close okay like here's the thing like obviously steppenwolf much better character like obviously not a super deep character but at least he has motivations in this movie besides mother mother Mother, please yeah um he's like he's not grandpa steppenwolf anymore he looks like a fucking badass he doesn't look like your your uncle jim yeah, looks like he a looks demon like with an, seven fingers. It's so weird. Seven fingers, uh, living armor, like what? It's, it's yeah. yeah, it's great. Hundred percent aesthetically better character. Hundred times better because guess what? He didn't have a character before. Um, yeah, the fight scenes with him automatically more badass. Those those puppy dog guys so cute. So adorable. oh okay okay. Let's just talk about step. Let let's go on character to character. Unless you want to talk about something else, but. I, no, something about the character that's a good idea yeah. because that's, that's a good breakdown of you know. yeah of just points there's so much we can go on with this but steppenwolf in particular okay when we're comparing like justice league to to this version um all you need to do is just look at the amazon fight and oh, yeah. and and it's you get you the amazonian fight uh where steppenwolf comes down to earth for the first time is your introduction to the, the main antagonist of the film essentially both versions set up exactly what movie this is going to be okay in Zack Snyder's Justice League you get like a 20 minute version of Amazonians running for their lives trying to protect and guard the mother box while Steppenwolf just inches closer to them like each second and when I say 20 minutes long it's because literally the scene is like 20 minutes 25 minutes long it's not just an action scene where we're seeing Steppenwolf just decimate Amazonians, which is also what it is. But like with, and and just going to one of the, my main points about why this is a much better movie is that the breathing room Zach gives uh, these scenes in the edit. Uh, it just goes such a long way. And, and it, you, you feel every really like footstep um, that uh, I forget what Wonder Woman's mother's name is, um, but she's sort of the, like guarding the mother box primary guardian of it she's uh you, you feel every step she's taking to protect this you feel every um interaction that she has with other amazonians that are dying around her like you feel those emotional beats like he he takes the time to give you these character moments within this large-scale battle um and and you get a you get an understanding of like who are these amazonian amazonians in this battle you get uh, you get the scale of like Steppenwolf of like this just monster who just towers that, over the Amazons who are also it just was their at gods. that point in the movie where I was like you could see the quality change like, it, like that's the first that's that's the first time in the movie you're like okay this is be- a like, different could, movie yeah you could teach this action scene in a film class and well, I think I'm scene. 
I'm a part. I'm a part of the the group of people that would say you could show both of these movies into a film class in a film lecture and be like, okay, then now we're going to talk about what a director does as a job, and and this is the perfect example. Like you have two movies utilizing the same shots essentially. You have the same bank of shots to go from, and they're two different movies. Uh, it's just like how does a director utilize the edit, the shots, uh, music. Uh, tone color like all these things are just like it's a master class of what a director does and why their job is important in film storytelling um anyways the sense of fear you get and the sense of like impending doom anxiety all of that is completely evident in the Zack Snyder version whereas in just in the theatrical cut you get it's just like a bland action scene of CGI uh just wailing around and jumping from place to place like i think that the most quotable thing people will say is like literally they should put it on the poster like quote unquote why did they take this out of the movie i think me and you said it over and over again there's like oh just yeah. sh on a shot level right like on a singular shot level not whole scenes like i was imagining you know they cut out entire scenes from this to like save on the runtime or whatever and maybe those scenes were questionably bad, but no, like they stripped down shots that were like so, I don't want to say crucial, like it gives them that amount of weight to them, but like so um, just important, I would say, like so much depth behind certain shots. You get a shot of the Amazonian temple that the mother box is hiding in collapsing after they sacrifice themselves essentially so like there's a whole deeper meaning to that entire battle like there's an entire sacrifice play that ends up being for nothing kind of just slowing him down for mere moments but you know what i mean like there's just individual shots like that that add so much into the storytelling that you're like why did you take that out what would that have done to your two-hour runtime instead they add lines like brunch and and fucking mm -hmm. i don't and and they make batman look stupid like it does it doesn't make sense why they right. edited this movie the way they did. But. Getting back to the character talk. Yes, yes. Um, Steppenwolf just, um, like, just giving him a motivation of, like, I want to go home. Yeah. Um, is, like, that's all you needed. Like, I never expected Steppenwolf to be some deep, no. um, like, philosophical character. It's like, no, this guy. No, he's not Thanos. He's not Thanos. But he's, no. like, he's he's... He's sort of more like Loki, if you want to like sort of give him the Avengers comparison again. Like it's he's sympathetic. Like I, he's, he's sort of sympathetic. Like you know, I, I even told you this while watching it. Like I sort of feel bad for the guy when he's getting bitched at by Dasad, and it's it could be the puppy dog eyes. Like the CGI is pretty great. You know, like the the they give the close ups on Steppenwolf's face when he's he's just getting bitched at. And I'm like I, I I don't know why I can't help but feel bad for him in those moments. I know I, me. I don't I know, know. especially <laughs> at the end there, but like yeah. Um, <laughs> it's uh it just goes to show you just all you need is a little bit and like they they hint at some nice backstory between him like sort of trying to dethrone dark side and that's yeah now his punishment is like mm -hmm. going from world to world like world to world like prepping conquering fifty thousand yeah. yeah conquering a hundred thousand worlds or yeah whatever. that that was his that was his punishment his debt and, to pay um, yeah so um and then he just stumbles upon Earth, and um, after the mother boxes were alerted, which was weird, by the way. I still okay. that's one thing I still here. Understand. I think I think we're about to hit the same point here. That that's my biggest plot hole for this movie too. 
why did the mother boxes wake up when Superman yelled? What? Well, because Superman's gone. Yeah, but what here's about the thousands thing. Here, of years before that, right? And it's like it's like they had amnesia after they lost like the the Great War, the history lesson, you know, where mm-hmm. Zeus whips everybody's ass. It's like yo yo dark side. Why didn't you mark the location, the coordinates of this planet that you just found out has the anti-life equation? But not only that, you just left the mother boxes on this planet. Well, to be fair, he didn't know the anti-life equation was there. No, but he did. That's the first thing when he touched ground. He slams his axe into the or whatever his weapon is. He slams into the ground. He's like, holy fuck, the anti-life is here. And then he's like, let's go to war. Bring out the mother boxes. Trigger it. Let's do it. Let's do this thing. Okay. Okay. That happens. And then the movie continues. Like, here's my only flaw with the movie. This point is pretty fucking stupid. Steppenwolf comes down to Earth. Not, like, he comes down because the mother boxes call to him. Okay. But he doesn't realize in that moment that this is the planet that Darkseid got his ass kicked on. Like, their their whole plot of of the villain's plot of we need anti-life, but we lost that planet. Mm -hmm. Okay, didn't you realize that you also lost the mother boxes and you can't like why didn't they just connect the dots that oh we left the mother boxes on earth the anti-life was discovered the day we left the mother boxes on earth so maybe we have to go back to earth like why were they so surprised at the end of the movie here's my best interpretation of things um Mm -hmm. there's more than one set of mother boxes oh is that a thing in the comics or i swear it's only three so well, there's, I don't know. I think there's more. Um, uh, okay. So, yeah. Anyway, so continue. one. So yeah, like mother boxes can do see left. Those mm-hmm. the mother boxes were sealed. Mm-hmm. So um, perhaps the only thing that could reach them after thousands of years was Superman's yell, and that broke through. And then that because the mother boxes are like artificial intelligence, they're like okay that means this okay let's send out the signal and because steppenwolf was out um doing his punishment he stumbled upon their signal came to earth didn't realize it was earth right away because you know he's just there for the mother boxes and then the mother boxes let him know that hey yeah this is where dark side i don't know like it's like it's like like you said I, i still yeah it's still weird that he just forgets that earth like i i'm surprised he didn't try to go back exactly it's like you said there's thousands of years literally where there's no superman no kryptonian like dark side has an entire armada you know and and there's i guess a portion of time where there's no olympian gods intervening uh in earth matters there's like there's a portion of time where not everybody's working together like hello world war one was a thing world war two was also a thing why and like when dark side is getting carried off by parademons onto his ship he sees the mother boxes collapse in front of him and they're leaving the mother box there why didn't he like tell a guy hey man jot the longitude and latitude of this planet because we're leaving the mother box there i also discovered the anti-life on this planet so maybe sooner than later before one of us forgets the significance of what we just did we should come back here like it's that i don't know to me that was one of the biggest plot holes of the movie that at the end they're just like oh we found the anti-life equation where the mother boxes were like holy fuck and you're just as an audience you're sitting there like well no shit like you just needed to do one plus one equals two there but 
Anyways, well, okay, here's a question I have for you. What is the anti-life equation in this movie? I, I know okay. what it is in DC lore, or I, I sort of know what it is, but what are they portraying it as in this movie? It, it, well, again, it feels like a Cthulhu. I always go back to like Cthulhu H.P. Lovecraft stuff, but that's what it feels like to me is it's like this, it's once you're able to decipher the anti-life equation, it's knowledge that is unfathomable to people's minds and thus mm. you lose your will of life and are completely susceptible to the one who wields the anti-life yeah they never really explain that they sort of just name drop anti-life and like as a dc fan if you are a dc fan then you're supposed to understand what they're talking about but well, like to be fair like they were gonna probably anti-life was gonna be sure in a, a different in, in, in movie. A later movie yeah. but I'm, I'm saying like even how they introduce it in this movie it's sort of confusing like both Steppenwolf when he sees anti-life and, and dark side they just slam their weapon into the ground and like a pattern erupts into the ground like what is that supposed to be like how well, the, the i guess we'll find out in the future yeah. prospective justice league snyder versus uh restore whatever if we see superman get corrupted by anti-life we'll see that how that process takes place but For i guess that was the only thing that wasn't clear some reason um i don't know like there's like beings in the dc universe that are like beyond god they're like the creators of the universe they created mm. the old gods which are like zeus and Ares in them and the new gods which is what dark side's a part of and orion um his brother um so they probably created anti-life because they also created the life equation which was discovered by the martians um and then i think dark side when talking to the martians found out that there's a life equation therefore there must be an anti-life equation um because you know everything is an equal and opposite reaction or whatever that you know comics bullshit so mm. um i'm guessing like because earth housed the old gods they were protectors of the anti-life but they didn't really know the anti-life was there right who knows could be who knows okay well, well fingers crossed for zach Snyder's justice league 2 to answer those questions but what like, el what else you got for for Steppenwolf? Or do you want to jump to a new character? Uh, no, Steppenwolf's pretty straightforward. It's just he's yeah. just better now, and he's like badass, and I like his fight scenes. Yeah, better and more badass for sure. Um, talked about Batman a little bit. Yeah, even Batman, I guess. Um, sort of more. Uh, you can see like there's like more of a connection to the Batman versus Superman just the film itself but also like uh, on the character level of batman like he's mm -hmm. reeling with the consequences of the past movie and he sort of evolved from that version of it, it's a polar opposite version of the batman versus superman version of the character like in that mm -hmm. movie he has no this, hope yeah, in anything th this batman feels like it's the batman before he retired right the 20 years in gotham like the first maybe five years in gotham yeah, like that's that yeah, version of batman it's like that. it's like before robin dies it's 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 literally that version of batman yeah he finally before has faith in he has faith again there's something that, like, which he, honestly i'll say he has some of the best lines in the movie like around that and and i don't know just going from the some people might find it cheesy like i know it might not work for a lot of people but that there's something about seeing this cynical batman who was like if you if there's a one percent of certainty you have to take it and destroy that guy like going from that guy to 
telling Alfred have faith, like Alfred, the fucking most level-headed, positive guy there is. It, you know, well, you know what I mean. Like it, it was, it was, it. I don't know. Like brought warm feelings to Misa's heart. Like that's that's what I'm trying to say. Like it, it, it just um, it was a. Uh, it was like not like the Batman I pictured seeing, but it was a happy surprise, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like it, it feels like a fulfilled arc to an extent. Like a fulfilled, the, yeah, to an extent. Yeah. Um, the Batman v Superman switcheroo kind of happens mm. pretty drastically, which mm-hmm. kind of detracts from this Batman. But um, just seeing like the narrative through line, I can appreciate it. And mm-hmm. of course, like Batman was just charming as hell in this movie. So yeah, it was appreciated. It was just a nice. It touched like to have this guy sort of become a, a leader and be like you know what um i don't know what the fuck's going on anymore um i really fucked up bad on this one because you know it turns out the superman guy's like not a bad guy so i need to make up for it and here's mm-hmm. how i'm making up for it and you know what well, here's this crazy plan to resurrect superman and it's going <laughs> to take a lot of faith and it's going to take you know yeah just faith so he just had yeah. hope and it i like nice. the scene i like the scene where uh they're resurrecting superman and aquaman has like he's he's pretty critical like skeptical about the whole idea of resurrecting superman like of course why wouldn't she be and he's like the only voice of concern really he's like i don't know if we should be doing this this sound this is pretty sketchy and and it the film just keeps quick cutting to batman just like no do it just do it like he's he's so impatient and like just wants to like he just wants to do it he just wants to like get through this plan and he doesn't care what the consequences are there's something about that that was funny and scary at the same time because we all know where that scene's leading to if you've seen the movie we know where what that warning was we know what um what the consequences of those actions were and it was just sort of like it was funny to see like bat this is the version of batman that's like trying to atone for his sins of fighting superman and trying to kill him and he's like now at the point of literally willing to just do anything like fuck it just he's literally just about to say fuck it just do it bring him back i'll do anything for him i want my friend back like i don't know it it was sort of comical but also serious at the same time um another thing about this version of batman actually it's it's you know he's basically in contrast to the other members of the justice league he's like the only regular human being man in a ensemble of demigods slash legitimate gods um and i i'm happy like this movie actually tried to make a point of that um it was one of the things in the justice league actually that i did like uh there was a joss whedon scene probably the only joss whedon scene that i can say like was a good scene um which was after superman comes back alive and whoops the league's ass um ben affleck or batman is sort of recovering from his injuries on the on the plane that they're in and he is um you just see him take off his suit and you see the bruises on his back and like it was just a very humanistic moment in an overall bad movie that never spent time doing those things um and it showed like all these superheroes sort of like walked off that defeat to an extent but batman is actually human underneath he has muscle and bone that breaks um and in contrast, this movie sort of, instead of just, you know, sort of con- uh, condensing all of those, all of that into one scene, it sort of spreads all of that throughout this movie where you see 
you know, with he's a guy that can't fly, so it takes him longer to get to places. Like while the league just appears, like Batman is lagging behind, and they actually make a point to show that to you, um, and you see the consequences of that also. Uh, there's points where he needs the help of his superpowered friends, essentially, to um, super friends, to super friends. There it is. There it is. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I like he, that. Like, there's lots of like even like mini arcs for Batman in this movie, mm-hmm. um, in terms of like getting geared up with Alfred, um, like figuring out how to get those oh, yeah. energy absorbing gobsons, um, and then his his mini arc sort of tying in with Cyborg's mini arc of like getting that. Uh, that thing flying the flying fox yeah 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 there's there's yeah. so much there even like with the, yeah there's like each everything it just has so much depth behind it like it's just not one liners like there's an entire arc where cyber uh, cyber what am i saying cyborg is trying to awaken the the ship that they fly on and it's like well i like i don't know it's just little things like that that adds like that layer of chemistry in between characters too that it's not in the theatrical cut. That's like it's, they try to force that with humor and weird, weird scenes. But like it, it comes off naturally here. Like the moments between Bruce and Diana, um, the moments like between everybody, like really like Bruce when he's recruiting, recruiting Barry Allen, um, when he's talking to um, Aquaman, even like it, there, there's you could see like, okay, this guy can actually relate to most of these characters to some extent or the other so he's like the perfect leader of this team here yeah yeah and i like that he's like completely 100 serious he's not joking around he's like i need to get these people together or else we're fucked man literally yeah but at the same time he he has he's like the most confident guy you'd ever see he's like the most like sure of not overconfident but like sure of the team and what they're doing there he's like he's so sure of it like there's a line don't care about how many worlds he's been on and demons they fought uh he's never fought us united like that's just such a badass line and like coming from batman it's like yeah you need to hear that and batman needs to be saying that shit because like he would be the guy with the absolute cold hard confidence to be saying that um even okay yeah i don't know i i i would even move on to alfred and say like this is like one of the coolest versions of Alfred we've seen in a movie. Oh, 100%. 100%. I love this Alfred. Yeah. I Surprisingly funny. Yeah, I can't get enough of it. Like literally like more of this, more of Jeremy Irons as Alfred. He yeah, was so somehow a- he was somehow for me the comic relief of this movie. Yeah, him and yeah, well, <clears throat> you can have multiple comic reliefs. I think I still yeah. thought Barry Allen did a good job. Um, mm-hmm. like like the weenie scene, just grabbing that weenie. Like so. Smart. Oh, it, that that like, was good. like that was like, insane. Yeah. An actual joke from Zack Snyder is really surprising. Um, and it times. works. Yeah, I was I was not expecting this movie to be humorous, but all the jokes, like literally all the jokes, feel natural. They don't feel like they're rewrites. forced in in an Avengers way. Hmm? Yeah. What's that? They don't feel like real rewrites. Yeah, they don't feel like exactly they were plugged in at at a certain moment. Like it, it literally they come up so naturally that you. You it doesn't feel laugh. like a Seinfeld episode. Like, what's the yes. deal with brunch? Yes, yes, exactly. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't feel like insert comedic line here and and characters react. Like, no, it the um the scene where uh, Bruce gets off the plane after seeing Aquaman and he and uh, what's his name Alfred just goes. Um, 
All right, fuck, I forget the line. <laughs> there goes my memory. <laughs> Way to butcher it. I just like the tea yeah. making scene with Alfred. Like the which one? Oh, the, the tea making with yeah, uh, like Wanda. he's super yeah. British, obviously. He's like, exactly. Ah, like exactly. And a lot of people thought it was like mansplaining. It's like, nah, this guy's super British. Also, he's a butler, and Diana's a prince yeah. and princess, <laughs> and like it's that's just not okay for him. So yeah, it, it made it made sense to me. Like, I liked it. Wise. Yeah, I loved. I liked it. It, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, well, that's too much tea. Um, and yeah, you get I, him, and you you just get him being like. Like, you get a sense in this movie, like, Batman is a team effort between, like, this 20 years in Batman situation that we've been hearing about. Like, this has been a team effort. It's not just Bruce Wayne. No, It's Alfred's like, Bruce Wayne too. has the money, but Alfred is, like, the Tony Stark behind the situation. He's the he's the guy inventing the gadgets. He's literally, like, he's, like, a mechanic, a gearhead. Like, he's all that. So, you get a sense in this version of Batman versus Superman. Uh, or, sorry, of Batman. Um that yeah it's really a team effort and also well alfred, it's, it's more like it's it's back to what i said but like more in line with the comics alfred because alfred in the comics is like ex-military fucking yeah, badass yeah. motherfucker so he's he's got all the skill sets he's got that and they and they they make a point to show that also alfred sort of is like i i, I said this in the um in our bvs talk uh, you know a lot of the criticisms that you were pointing out alfred literally says them to bruce wayne like like bro you're stepping out of bounds chill out like i i feel like he is the voice of the audience or like the common sense that it's like the thing that you want to be yelling at the screen he's sort of he's, he's yeah, sort I of saying it that. to I some extent that. he's like yeah like the voice of reason i think he's like he even tells batman like okay you brought the team together that's your goal but why are you still fighting this like you're just a man like you're you can be broken these guys are gods like let them carry on from here and carry on what you've done you'll make your parents all of that like he's saying all the right things to like the people he cares about too um which create it's just it creates moments for like good drama good conflict because you know you go like well he's right but also like batman shouldn't tap out of the fight like that's batman so yeah it, it just adds like it's such a good addition to the overall team feel like of the movie yeah yeah Oh, yeah, it's that's what I liked about this movie is like everyone had something to do yeah everyone had and, something amazing to stand out whether it's like cyborgs hacking of the mother boxes um, Wonder Woman and Aquaman like pulling their weight like just hauling ass um, kicking ass Superman being the ex machina savior which is you know is what it, it is it sort of like, is that <laughs> um, but like stylistically the way it was done i i found it very digestible and i've actually gone back and rewatched his return mm. multiple times where he gets hit by the axe he's like not impressed i'm like that is that is cartoon justice league superman right there yeah 100%. literally um and then batman like takes down the tower like he's the one who initiates the attack without mm -hmm. him they don't even get inside um and then of course like Barry Allen literally rewinding time to save the day. Like, oh, how do you go from comic relief brunch complainer to literal savior? Saving of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's a here's a criticism. Like, here's a point I have that's just like a criticism of the theatrical version. It's like they put so much effort into that cut of giving like the flash scenes or like all the characters, like scenes where they're saving like one or two people in, you know, in in the movie like they they introduce an entire russian family arc 
in the uh in the where the climax of the film takes place like one in just in Zack Snyder's Justice League there's no town full of people there's no townsfolk like there's a reason that the climax takes place where it takes place uh they need like they needed to eat off the nuclear energy the waste whatever so that's why it happens there it's not because we need to see a russian family and feel sympathetic towards humanity like no it's such that's such a lazy way of getting you to care about something and then they relegate the flash into like carrying a truck full of people out into that movie as his big superhero saving the day act and then they show superman being faster than him and saving a bunch more of the people so it just like it completely takes away the importance of that character and then in in this movie in the snyder cut he literally saves the entire team and the world. Yeah, and like that that line, that line delivery of you gotta go faster than the speed of light, Barry. You gotta break the rule and you gotta do it now. I'm like, holy yeah. shit, man. Like I have that shit memorized now. That yeah, no, that was good. <laughs> imprinted on me, man. That yeah. was like fucking good on you, Ezra Miller. Like I'm a little, I'm not like, I, you're not really my choice for a Flash. I don't know Same who here. mine would be, but like, mm-hmm. um, that fucking line delivery that whole sequence of him being like i'm um dad i'm like the best of the best don't worry mm-hmm. um like loved damn. it full circle calling back to like his motivation to be a good character while also simultaneously saving the day it's just and like reversing time and it's just stunning to look at it's my favorite scene in the movie it was a moment in the movie where we synchronistically jaw dropped at the same time yes like we both looked at each other like did that just happen i remember like that was a like a moment because we didn't know we didn't know what that was that was never referenced to in the theatrical version but when we when it clicked for us that like oh like the like literally this movie shows the justice league losing dying the world exploding like ending and then in those milliseconds flash reverses time and and we just see the world uh construct back into its into place like it, it was so epic like just not to use that word lightly but like that's what it was with the slow motion and the music and, and like you said barry just talking to himself and repeating that that motivation back to himself um it was so epic like it, it he like you're right he is the comic relief of this movie but like they made him like less of just rele- being relegated to a comic relief and like like with every i think character in this movie like they really give him a a arc as like uh, this this sort of goofy awkward guy becoming a hero and like they it, it, it paints that picture a little more clearly um where like yeah it's like he's 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 not saving one guy it's you know it's 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 not making jokes about how do i save people i don't know how to save I've never saved anybody before i need to say like it's literally like okay in the moment of disaster or destruction like that instinct just kicks in and you know what to do like as a good person he knew what to do um so i love that like a- aside from being just visually awesome and epic to look at like mm-hmm. it it was a like just overall good character moment and I-, I kind of agree with you like i don't know if it's ezra miller uh how he acts or himself or whatever but not my cup of tea version of barry allen like i actually really like the tv show version um that the actor in the tv show of the flash who plays him like i i don't know i the, the version of flash i sort of see uh that like i sort of base off of the animated series and stuff like that uh, it's more like a cooler guy like more confident and more uh like sort I, of has I get a, what they're going for like this guy's like super ocd yeah um, like 
there's something there's something knocking around upstairs and he's just you know dealing with that and he's just he 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 is more of like the modern human because you do get more people like that like i've we've all met someone like Mm -hmm. Zack snyder's flash yeah i Um, guess my point was like this movie makes it like it makes that version of him make sense in the context of this movie. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. You're you know. Right. Yeah. Um, 100%. It, it, it's not just like the awkward, funny guy, and like everything he does or says is awkward or funny. It's like no, no, it's like, those people can be heroes. Like this type of a person, this character is a hero archetype in the same way we think of Superman. So. Yeah. Well, that's Flash for you. Um, I also yeah. one last thing on Flash. I didn't think people could do. And I know this this even goes back to the last Justice League, but like even more so in this in this movie, especially his intro scene, mm-hmm. um, I didn't think they could do like represent super fast people as good as Quicksilver back in X Men, but like yeah, Flash is my new favorite now. So yeah, uh, are you talking about his intro scene or the the well, just like his aesthetic scene. his aesthetic of running, like, yeah, his aesthetic of how they how they show the audience that he's faster than everyone else yeah and like, i I just, I, I just think it's better i'll be honest with you i i did not think it was better in the in the original theatrical cut of this movie when it originally came out and we first time saw this flash i i, I was still like more of a fan of the quicksilver i thought like the way they pulled that off uh and and, and just how it's done like it just works so much better uh, not until this version like it and you're right what it, it's that intro scene where like they slow everything down so much they put that music behind it. i don't know what song it is but like i think that was a perfect choice and like ah it, it it's like it's like a dance it's like you're watching this like poetic dance take place but it's a superhero movie and there's explosions and there's the flash like it's but it's poetic at the same time so it's it's so weird but cool like it's i don't know how to i don't know how to scientifically cinema sciencely put it it's like, like there's it's like eating no a, science a f- to it a fine chocolate mousse instead of yeah. a cookie made from a cookie cutter. It's it's like it's like having the double decadent chocolate chip cookie instead of an oatmeal cookie. Don't be ragging on if oatmeal that makes cookies, sense. man. Oatmeal cookies fucking... are good. Oatmeal cookies are good, but they're boring after you've had a double decadent chocolate chip cookie. You know what I'm saying? That is true. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like that's like this. This is not boring. <laughs> it's very aesthetically like, pleasing. <laughs> it's very aesthetically pleasing. It's very picturesque. It's very like almost like a music video. Like it's just so visual and, and stunning and all that. Yeah. Uh, great introduction scene of the Flash. Uh, way better version of the character. Like his humor lands actually this time. It, he's not like it. I I felt annoyed of the theatrical version of it of, of that character mostly from the brunch scene but like the the hot dog the pulling the hot dog out of the air and feeding it and like trying to nail his job and really like those are all scenes like i just love like why take those things out of the movie like just humanizes the character even more i don't know that's a yeah uh moving on who do you want to talk about next uh let's talk about wonder woman yeah wonder Um, woman she might have like the least amount of things positive things or negative things i could say she is she is there and she's exposition which is yeah fair enough which is yeah i and i I would never i don't think i would hold that to a fault because i think exposition is needed in this movie um and it makes sense that it's her character giving it uh i like how she's there to balance out um 
Batman to an extent a little bit as like the wise warrior like of equal strength and like I just I like how she's there to provide that balance um but also this version of Wonder Woman is like way cooler than anything we've seen like even in her own movies like it's it's the Wonder Woman I want to like it's the actual Wonder Woman movie I want to see going forward of like her throwing people across the room murking them absolutely moving at the speed of like the blink of an eye you know um, like as fast as the kryptonians in man of Steel. yeah like literally holding toe to, she could go toe-to-toe with uh superman and we sort of even get a scene of that in this movie well um, sort of sort of uh, you know till she gets still clocked like the, in the head the, the powerhouse man yeah um, but you know what i mean like that introduction scene of wonder woman in this movie in my opinion already better than 19 wonder woman 1984 oh yeah like 100%. It like that the, her bullet blocking that shit it just blows my mind how they able to film mm-hmm. that. I don't get that. Mm-hmm. It's I like, don't either. <laughs> it, it's fucked. It's awesome. Um but again, yeah, she has like more of the most like not like she is like a a perpetrator in progressing the story because she's the one who actually tells Bruce about the incoming invasion rather than Bruce finding out about it through an explodey bug. Like, I don't know if you remember that from the Whedon cut, but no, Bruce, I do. Knows, Bruce knows about the mother boxes because a parademon exploded and it created three it's boxes. embedded it's like, in their DNA. It must yeah. be an invasion. Um, yeah. No, because no, parademons definitely give away the evil guy's master plan while they die. Yeah. That's no. comic book accurate, right? No. So she's, she's definitely there to help, you know, forward the story, like start the story up start the conflict but after that she's just kind of exposition and then um granted she is awesome in the in the action scenes like her first fight with steppenwolf was fucking awesome yeah that too mm-hmm. um yeah i guess her most memorable stuff in this movie is the action um which yeah i don't know there's there's not much more to say i guess like all all of the characters heroes in this movie like uh you know they all sort of stand for something at the end of the day uh they're like symbols to other people you know i think and that's sort of a theme in this movie that's sort of a a constant like line of imagery that Zack snyder presents to you as an audience um you see these heroes being praised by regular civilians like normal people constantly whether it's um you see wonder woman after she saves the school kids and you the, the little girl asks her like can i be like you and just smiles looking up at her and they're all like circling her as if she's god and the right answer should have been no because i'm the daughter of zeus but instead she's like let me give you hope you can be anything you want little girl and that's the right thing to say because uh, you're not cynical but it's it's like that sort of thing um i guess is like it's like the main idea behind these characters which is like they stand as symbols of symbols of something uh, that's open to interpretation but symbols of hope symbols of justice heroism good whatever um but it, it, in a larger sense like just like that these are mo- the modern day gods for people it's like if you think of god you're thinking of wonder woman or whatever in in this world i'm talking about a, a Zack snyder's justice league yeah um yeah i guess like that's kind of it with wonder woman like i don't know anything else you saw there no no just I guess stuff. just to an extension of that, because uh, there's more I could say about Amazonians. I I, I love the world building we sort of see here. 
and, and I, I was saying this to you even when watching it like there is just like on a shots level like the amount of detail um Zack Snyder like filmed at like he filmed so much stuff and like maybe it just feels like it's a lot of stuff because in Justice League we didn't see two hours we only saw half of it but it's like he went to like such extents to just show stuff to us like in the scene where the uh one woman's mother fires the arrow to get like signal invasion to wonder woman i remember the theatrical cut like that was like a two second scene of like she's talking to the arrow she lets it go and then wonder woman sees it but in in zack snyder's version like we get the whole setup that like this is a ceremonial arrow there is some significance to this ceremony essentially of what's going on and what they're doing uh the way that, that he like sort of shows Themyscira and the Amazonians in that setting like it all goes way deeper into the world building um which is cool it's like yeah like why wouldn't you want to see that in this movie well yeah well if you're trying to keep it into like a more theatrical runtime then uh, this was like one of the scenes I was referring to when I was saying like really you couldn't trim this you couldn't trim Zach's stuff down to to fit like a regular movie mm-hmm. Fair but, enough. It's it's not like essential to the story, but it's like yeah. I guess it's like but pepper I on top of yeah, the yeah, yeah, steak. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like a little bit of that seasoning. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. It's it's nice to see if it's there. Yeah, and I think you're right. It's if we were not getting this version of the movie, we and like we did get a two and a half two hour version of a Zack Snyder theatrical cut. Yeah, I think you're right. This scene probably would not have made that because it's like okay, you get the point of just showing the arrow, but it's like that extra level of like detail we see in this movie um yeah i don't know i i'll save what i was about to say for the end but um yeah anything else you want to add Mm, no let's uh get on to the next member of the league uh aquaman aquaman let's do it let's do it uh he's interesting this movie i guess uh he's he's like i i guess he's equivalent to wonder woman in terms of like he helps forward the story because he's like that Atlantean link, whereas Wonder Woman's that Themyscira link, and then Batman's the link to man, Batman and Cyborg and Flash, I guess. Um, but yeah, his his arc's a little like, yeah, I'm not trusting, uh, not doing this. Uh, well, they they took the fight to us, so I guess now I have to take the fight to them, and him sort of struggling with um, his filthy mongrel self. Um, half blood. Um, I did like the Aquaman and Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman conversation when they're digging up Superman's grave. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, like, that's the kind of t- kind of world building I wanted. Like, yeah, we were mm-hmm. war once. Oh, but we're actually not so different, and they can be related. They can relate Dude, on like yeah. being part of these ancient civilizations, but also being a part of the world of man. And it's nice. Yeah. And how simple, like in like like that in that conversation, like just a few lines of like that world building it, it, it was so it was so rich and dip in depthful but it was such a simple like one two line delivery right um, and then if we got flashpoint we would see the, we would see that like the payoff to that essentially yeah which is them killing each other yeah unfortunately which would be yeah i mean fuck i i still hope we get that to an extent but i don't think we're seeing the amazonians versus the atlanteans uh goddamn but yeah like it, it's I think overall, like, portrayal of this character is, like, a lot different from the theatrical version. Um, I think, like, 
the theatrical version, which is sort of the version that carried through into his own Aquaman movie. Um, it's sort of this jock-ish cowboy version of the character who's sort of gung-ho and just pure brute strength and uh, like a sense of like less consideration towards his actions and less empathy. That's the like impression I get from the theatrical version of Aquaman. But in this version, it's like completely different. It's, it's like you get a carefully thinking Arthur Curry uh, who is constantly skeptical and and um, not combating his teammates or the other league members, but but sharing his perspective, his uh, which is often an opposing perspective, you know. Yeah, he's, he's, all, he's often that, yeah. the yeah he's, he's often the voice of, right. and sometimes he's right. Exactly. Like I I think I thought in the Superman scene, I'm like I'm sort of siding with Aquaman in this moment. I think overall the entire decision making of what they were doing was rushed. I also get why they rushed it. But, and I, again, like, I think that's a great scene because it does create that conflict and dilemma. But, uh, yeah, like, o- often Aquaman is the voice of reason and caution, which is, like, it's jarring to see because it's, like, oh, this is the guy that's not, like, a cowboy gung-ho, but he's more of the empathetic character. And, and you see that when he's, like, he's, he's mm-hmm. the only one that's sort of, like... Um, feels bad for victor or like outright says it like this guy just lost his dad and now we're putting the pressure to save the world on him right. like are we sure we want to do it, that it feels like like and it, this is portrayed well like the gung-ho cowboy aesthetic is like a front and like the yeah. real true king of atlantis kind of shines through every once in a while yeah yeah like that gung-ho thing is like his man side of trying to put like the walls up to people around him but you're right like that's sort of a a f- artificial persona and the real um version of him that's empathetic is like it's what we see here and and yeah that's that's sort of his character it's like that um duality of man that you know from the first scene he's presented in he's in conflict with bruce wayne over what should he what should he be doing what's the right thing he should do um so yeah i think i think it's like it's it's a it's a it's not like a i don't know comedic version of the character like there's almost nothing like he says or does that's overall f- overly funny or anything like that and i'm i'm sort of fine with that like i like jason moe as an actor i think he can he's like one of the most versatile actors he can be funny and serious and all those things so i like seeing that diverse range of him but i i i, I was like fine seeing him sort of as the uh more serious and somber member of the team in this movie yeah and you need that like because you can't just mm-hmm. have the whole Justice League being like, yeah, I agree, yeah, that's a good idea, yeah, let's do it, and then they do it, and then they're mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, I agree, that's a good idea. No, you need yeah. that internal conflict, or else, you know, what else are you invested in? You want to see how these characters interact with each other, and then what's the outcome of those interactions, and then how does that mm-hmm. further the story, and then so on and so forth. And Aquaman is, yeah, again, like, a skeptic. Of course he would be. He's just skeptical about everything. Like, Batman's completely in faith, um cyborg's kind of just you know tagging along because like he literally has nothing left um huh. flash again he needs friends because i he think he needs friends <laughs> i think well I, I i actually do think because of that scene with his dad it's like he needs friends because he's trying to get that done and that like he needs some mm. powerful friends to help him out that's another link to like yeah that's just another thread there for sure i think you're right about that yeah that's that's, like, that's leading to the that's flash 
that's his that's goal. yeah that's leading to his further future story something with his father so yeah um and yeah so you just need that skeptic that realist in most cases mm-hmm. um character who's like kind of balances out because like how bad shit crazy is it to use a mother box to resurrect superman like you you as the audience member like are going to be like hey that's bad shit crazy and like i know we've watched it and we know it works out beforehand but like you needed to have that portion of the audience vocalized and to have that mm-hmm. through aquaman mm-hmm. that's just you know it's good yeah good point uh vocalizing the audience's concern there i thought that was a smart like that's something because it's like why like why would you do that and not consider the fact that you could be making a second doomsday like that's isn't that what uh lex luther sort of did with zod and like i know he did the weird blood sacrifice ritual but like isn't that sort of what happened that created doomsday and like you could be pulling on that thread you know so yeah, yeah. good on aquaman for being a skeptic um what else oh yeah i like the scene where when after his interaction with uh bruce wayne and he swims off and then you get the norse valkyrie song chant mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i love that like i love that, that scene. I like that i like yeah. that as well uh it's actually a little creep but like i get it because <laughs> like this guy would be in that setting be revered as a god exactly he saves the village every king tide apparently um, yeah. Why he chooses this village in particular, I'm not sure, but... Well, it might be more villages. It might not just be the one. Maybe it's just like the... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it would be. I don't know. Maybe he just likes the isolated environment within yeah. northern Scandinavia. Maybe. He's like, oh, I feel bad for these guys. They got glaciers. I don't know. I don't know what the motivation is, but uh, I like the outcome of that. I like the... Um, uh, I like how that scene was like the most drawn out scene of just women singing in acapella and i i watched a couple of reviews after that were like why is this so long and it's like because it can be this long it's a four-hour goddamn movie people it can be called for the stutter cut said they wanted everything so yes and i'm happy everything i was literally the first time watching that i was like grinning through my teeth i'm like i'm so happy we're seeing just too like too much time of this because this would never be in the theatrical cut this is exactly what we should be seeing so exactly what we should spend our time on and i'm not saying it sarcastically i'm being super serious like that is exactly one of the things that would have been disposed of in a deleted scene but it's not so it's cool anyways um what else where can we go from there uh i guess cyborg yes well the main character of the movie yes the protagonist yeah i I would say protagonist yeah surprising because god damn the character assassination he went through in justice league is insane insane um i like kate as like a concept of the character he is the audience insert because he mm-hmm. just like us got thrusted into this world and now he's to deal with it and now he's along for the ride mm-hmm. and yeah it's that that works perfectly as like an audience link and not to mention he's just a great fucking character like yeah like the heart of the movie man yeah, like Zack Snyder was not wrong when he when he's been sort of saying that. Um, he's the character I felt most empathetically connected to, which is I, I guess not surprised compared to like what we actually got in 
the Justice League. Yeah, it's like, bro, bro he's non-existent in that movie. He, as a character, he's non-existent in that movie. He's he's a he's a reference to a comic book character, but as a singular movie character, he's not anything there. In in the Snyder Cut, he's literally the main character which is like it's so random almost like where would they have thought of placing cyborg at the central of this movie it's the first live action actually Version i don't know if doom patrol happened first or not but there's also the doom patrol cyborg um which i want to also get into for a sec so you know obviously growing up on teen titans we we know who cyborg is like people in our generation are familiar with him he's not uh he's not like as new of a character or like as alien of a character in the justice league that being said, it, like this version of Cyborg is not the like childhood version of Cyborg that I remember. Um, he's not the one like he's not the funny like booyah saying like catchphrase having like not yet. He's not like not yet. Yeah, not yet. This is like very much an origin story of that the, uh, of Cyborg. Um, but it's not like the fun joke cracking Cyborg that I I really like. That's the Cyborg that I enjoy. And even Doom Patrol, a, a recent show, a DC show, it has that version of cyborg and it's you know shown through practical effects instead of vfx so before getting to this i had my precautions about this version i thought like okay this could be one of those examples where the criticism of zach stepping too dark uh like straying away from the comics too far like that sort of thing could be true and i was just like happy that that like i never felt like that when i actually watched the movie like i didn't feel like this is unnecessarily dark or anything like of that sort like i felt like this is uh a really appropriate like character to have in this story like that that ties everything together like everything the future of where justice league is heading the past like all of that it cyborg story in this movie is like it, it does batman superman like it does all of those story within his own arc like it, or sorry i shouldn't say does them it like parallels all these sort of stories um i think that, and that's sort of what's great about it. he sort of embodies the heroic values and the trauma of both batman and superman so he's sort of this middle ground superhero in a way yeah yeah he's um he's definitely not like you said the booyah but that's what i I liked about it at the end when, I, when we actually got to see him smile because of course like when you get turned into a cyborg and your dad's an asshole and your mom died and your mom might have died because you're yeah dad's you an wouldn't asshole. be saying you yeah. wouldn't be saying booyah two minutes later no you wouldn't um yeah you would and I, just... I like that there's the whole body horror uh element like he's horrified that he's a monster like that self-awareness is like uh, mm-hmm. evident throughout this movie um and let's just say in terms of power sets in today cyborg i would argue is like the most powerful member of the justice league yeah they make a point to call him the digital god in this movie which is is like a hundred percent yeah hundred and that's something i've never thought of before before watching this but like if there was a digital god like they perfectly portrayed it through cyborg like what would that what would that power set be what would the new god of today's world control and be like and it's like yo cyborg literally like and i love the way they visualize that like so weird so cool like mm-hmm. on some like on some weird like acid trip type of shit like you go into cyborg's head and we see him um manipulating like the the financial markets and like and the way they visualize that is showing him splitting apart a bull and a bear fighting 
because you know the the markets are bullish and bearish haha but i i just love like i just love how they visualize the um his powers in this movie like you get none of this by the way in justice league you don't see any visualization of his powers like in oh this yeah movie, you do you get... he, he searches up batman and he finds out batman's Bruce oh Wayne. yeah you're right you're right he projects get owned uh, shit <laughs> into his into the air he he's a hologram Your he's a star wars hologram is invalid now yeah, my bad. I'm. I, you're right. Joss Whedon's version of this character is the greatest thing ever. Sorry, continue. No. It's uh, it's it's it's, it's so like. I don't know. Artistic. I lost. I don't know. Like I never would. have Yeah, artistic not, is it? Yeah, it's it's like creative. It's like seen it portrayed that way. Like, but of yeah. course, it makes sense when you're watching. Of course, like when he's in his own head, he's still wearing his football jacket because that's who he sees himself as. Yep. And, yep. it's just, and not up until the end, like the very end, does he finally realize himself as yeah, uh, as, as who he cyborg. is as a cyborg. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think yeah, the emotional uh, heights of his character, like just one very well portrayed by Ray Fisher. I think, like damn underrated actor, dude. Like he he. I think he his makes, career might have hits you in the like, field. Stolen from him at first, if it weren't for the Snyder cut. From like, no wonder yeah, 100%. he was like, and no wonder he was advocating like hell to get this thing out there because of hundred percent everything was cut. I think. Like, he was the one character that got robbed the most like he had the most at stake uh, actor wise or something like because uh, yeah like you see his the true extent of his performance i think the joss whedon version only used like literally 10 percent of his shots and they reshot everything else for him so it, it, it if there's one thing noticeable noticeably different it's everything cyborg related um I like the relationship he had with his dad. I thought, like, uh, like I said, I'm a sucker for father-son stories, and uh, this one was told good. Um, I I like how they did a cyborg first flight scene that yeah, sort of yeah, parallels the Man of Steel first flight. It's just little shit like that, man. Where I'm just like, I get what you're doing with this character. I I, I understand fundamentally what this character is is going to become and his importance. Underrated. Um, part of the film i thought was cyborg's relationship with barry i think they just have a sort of nice little bromance brooming i feel like it's brooming it's brewing it's brewing for sure um like where you know that little joke at the graveyard and like it's like yeah. the delivery is like not even funny but like it's just i don't know it's still funny yeah the way he talks <laughs> about it the way Ray Fisher delivers the line, and then well, because it's um, like it's like two guys talking about a girl while they're trying to bear, they're trying to dig up Superman. Like it's so yeah. it's such a um, commonplace conversation conversation happening in an uncommon situation in an unlikely situation. Mm-hmm. And then there was like I don't know whether they're discussing the plan, and then Barry's like through the power of friendship, and then yeah, Cyborg is like Barry. Like, Barry. Yeah. I don't know. I like I like that. I don't know little things like that like there's there's yeah. those little things that make you feel like they're a team and they they're a team like yeah well this movie an, another thing it just does well is like it builds that team chemistry like way better everybody uh, interacts with everybody at some point mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like there's literally like one example in the justice league is like wonder woman and aquaman don't say one line to each other other than the lasso scene yeah that's it and it's like, bro, what? Like, there was literally you had gold in footage uh, with the with the graveyard scene of Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, don't know. know. I still don't know. That's that's just the the, the subtitle for this movie is why did they cut that? <laughs> yeah, no, so that's gonna be it. Uh, if I could personally ask Joss Whedon a question, 
if I ever see him in life, it would be. I actually that don't question. know if I put that much blame on Josh Whedon. I think he was just. I think he just did what he was told. Make. I don't know, man. Take, I like. I, I've heard some damning things, but like, I feel like he got hired and Warner Brothers like make this two hours long, add some funny Marvel jokes, and he said okay. And. But then, like, who was behind the decision of cutting out scenes like? flash saving the world or cyborg's powers like there had to be scenes were redone too i didn't like that yeah and it was his call to reshoot the superman shit and do the fake mustache stuff like as a director like he essentially took place of the director like that movie should not be credited as a Zack snyder directed movie because it's not uh this like Zack snyder's justice league is a testament to that from the opening of the film do you think like he as a marvel person purposely destroyed this so that marvel i don't i don't think he as a person did that but i think as a studio warner brothers had that mandate they had a vendetta around that That, that's my conspiracy i think um because of the critical reception to like batman versus superman uh, and man of steel and like the tones of those movies and sort of what those movies were leading to i think spooked warner brothers and like you said, they got the guy to do Avengers to make something like Avengers. I think that was their mandate. And all the stuff that we're saying, like, why did they cut out all this good shit is because I think they knew it was good shit. They knew fans would go crazy and think, oh, this is going to lead to a Flashpoint. This is going to lead to Cyborg solo movie. This will lead to Justice League 2 with Darkseid and this and that. I think they were like, fuck all that. We don't want to do that anymore. And let's make the most not hateable thing but the most bland mediocre thing as a fresh start i think if they said anything it would have been that because it does it just doesn't make sense why they would put like over a hundred million dollars into reshooting bad scenes like visibly bad scenes if you're if you have eyes and you watch the brunch scene from what it was to what it became in the theatrical cut you you would just say why did you spend money to shoot that and do that so I, my conspiracy is that there was some vendetta against Zack Snyder from the studio side. Yeah, 100%. Otherwise, they wouldn't have spent $100 million on reshoots or whatever. It just um, doesn't make sense. Yeah. You, and, if, and it even was, if, I think it was that amount, too. I, 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 it, okay. it, here's, here's, some, here's something crazy. So I watched Red Letter Media because they're, I don't know, they're a great YouTube channel. They reviewed mm-hmm. the Snyder Cut. One, they hated Justice League. Two, they hate Zack Snyder. Um, they like this movie, which, you know, goes against everything that they like which is you know bananas to me and they just had a great bit talking about like uh let's talk about brunch how much eight million. Oh, okay yeah we'll do eight million for the brunch scene and it's literally that though it's like you're spending it's crazy. Million, millions of dollars to insert these bullshit lines that don't actually and and that's all it is it's like i watched the i watched that scene back like in comparison uh to like both versions side by side, you know. I think Shout our out to people YouTube on YouTube. algorithm has us linked, man. Oh, for sure. I think I, <laughs> I literally just watched that. Like, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've been going through all of those sort of compared. Like, shout out to the guys on YouTube that are one step ahead of our thought processes that are like, let's make this. And then, like, before we could search it, it's already there, you know? So, yeah, shout out the existence of these comparisons because when you watch it, you're like, okay, what's different here in terms of editing, in terms of like, what did they change? And in that flash scene, it's literally just a couple seconds of the slow-mo taken down, like trimmed out, and then the addition of the brunch line. 
So they literally, like, they had a meeting over that scene. They're like, we need to do something that makes this funnier. Okay, let's have a scene where they talk about brunch and not understanding brunch. Oh my god, haha. That's, hey, Joss, that's fucking funny, dude. Write that shit down, man. Direct it, man. Like, I can't believe adults in a meeting were like, give that a thumbs up. I don't know. Just doesn't make, the world doesn't make sense to me anymore. As, as an aspiring filmmaker, I'm like, what am I walking into in terms of trying to make movies? Well, if anything, this is just proves that streaming services may give creative freedom more of a chance. Yeah. Oh, this is, yeah, that's, this is like a, um, a feel good moment. Like, I guess, uh, for like filmmakers in the world or storytellers in general, artists in general, I would say like, this is just a feel good moment where you see, uh, a director just having their full vision realized to like its extent. Um, I want to ask you a question actually, because you brought up a really fascinating point after we watched this movie, which was what precedent does this movie set up in terms of extended four hour editions of something or like four hour superhero movies or like these full scale visionary comic book adaptations uh what what, do you think we'll see more movies like this or is this a one-off is this Mm, i think this is a one-off i think because of shows like game of thrones wandavision uh winter soldier and falcon or other way around um we're going to see like larger scale superhero stories but they're going to be in television series because a lot of television format yeah like a lot of a lot of streaming service binging and I do think they should be bingeable. I like I like being able to sit through. It. Like I don't. I actually don't like. I didn't like the the weekly stuff for Wandavision. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just didn't work out for me. Like now now that looking back at like on the Mandalorian, like that didn't really work for me either. Like I do think it should be bingeable. Like mm-hmm. other like I think it makes much more of an impact. Like Stranger Things especially was bingeable, and that's why I think it left such an impact on me. Um, so like as long as you make it bingeable. And you have these series, you can do these long form superhero. Uh, yeah, because then it essentially plays out like a six hour movie. Yeah, exactly. if you wanted to, if you want to watch the entire season a day, yeah. uh, I th- I think that world can exist. I think we can have six hour superhero movies, not necessarily weekly episodic like how Wandavision did it, um, because that's a six hour series or whatever. But you can't like that has the episode breaks built in. Like whereas uh, one smart choice I thought of this movie was dividing it into six or technically seven parts and having that the uh title card breaks happen uh, i thought that was just a good way to break up the dynamic of like the pace and and to sort of give you uh as an audience a moment to reset and sort of like take a breath um and very like very quentin tarantino kind of in that style of like storybook sort of chapters and whatever so i think like if going forward if that's the precedent like you have these episodic breaks um but not necessarily like contained episodes you know what i mean like like film the entire thing as a six-hour movie or an eight-hour movie presented as episodes but like if if one wanted to watch the entire thing as that movie like that should also be an option um i think like just the what this movie has shown as an experiment if you call it that it's like I, 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 I really well believe that this is the best Zack Snyder film he's put out um, in, in all force of his movies. Like, this is it, not just in good comic book movie or good superhero, whatever. Like, this is overall his best film, best story he's this told. This is a good movie. 
it's it's a good movie. It's not just a good superhero movie. I think it's one of the best superhero movies. Um, I don't think that's a a you know a uh, I don't think many people will debate that. I think people who watch this are really gonna have and, and that's that's what you want out of Justice League. It's like when you see Avengers, you're like that was epic, dude. So like you want those epic feelings from Justice League, and like in a true sense, like this is fucking epic, man. Um, so I'm like I'm all game for a future of 10 hour movies and it's like watch it when you want to watch it like streaming gives you that control now it gives you those options so it's a weird like this is this i think this movie marks a weird time in cinema um this is like the biggest movie to hit hbo max right now it's like their their tenpole movie essentially i don't know what people are getting hyped up for other than this until kong and skull island comes out in a couple weeks and like then their whole theatrical wave comes out next don't but you mean next wednesday man next wednesday a couple I'm weeks i don't so even know excited. where we are anymore. i'm so excited yeah. i'm so excited i'm sure you are buddy gotta get that crave membership back up and long, up and going i do i do i got it i got it just for, okay. i got it to rewatch justice league um and, then and, and for kong <laughs> uh and for godzilla and kong and um i've actually started to watch curb your enthusiasm which is fucking hilarious interesting anyway so yeah like i think i think there is a future where we can see more of these movies i hope at least that's that's i i'm game i'm i'm super down 100 percent. and uh, um we didn't talk about superman the fucking one of the title characters did we i think we kind of we did. did we did we touched on him like kind of yeah he's barely in it i'm kind of glad he's barely in it <laughs> he, he does his super big nice save at the end and he's really cool yeah. and his laser eyes are fun and they go pew pew and he has a nice emotional scene back at the kent farm and um, oh one line that i thought i'm like wow i can't believe that was his accent line was the you smell good line at the farm i don't know is... like that's not like well that's not a weird line for you not really that's so weird for me man like it's, it's like I don't know. I, to me, that was like, I'm like, ah, that's for sure a Joss Whedon moment. Like, that's not going to be there. And then when that happens, I'm just like, no fucking way. <laughs> I don't, it's not terrible, but it's like, it's like, what a, that, that's like the only insert of a joke where I have like the cringy feelings about. Ah, I, I get that. I get that. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I, 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 it's just, it's one line. And let it I, I commend you. I commend you for not feeling the same way as I do, though. If you can watch that scene through with a straight face, then good for you. Good for anybody who can. <laughs> maybe I'm just a hopeless romantic and maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that brings warm feelings to your heart. Who knows? It didn't really bring any feelings to my heart. I just thought it was a line that was said. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's just no, there. I'm neutral. I'm a political about that line. Wow. Well, I'm definitely left leading or right leading. I don't know how I. Yeah, hey, you know, I'm, I'm you're definitely right leading. You're conservative. I'm she right should leaning. be able to spell him. That's not okay. She. <laughs> well, I think it's just a weird thing to say. It's like, yo, your man just came spell out. Spell sexual shouldn't be allowed to get married. Well, it's like you're gonna like you're really gonna say that to the guy that just got resurrected. Like you're I gonna mean, crack a joke. Is this moments for that? Like, are we serious? Come she on. Hasn't seen him in a long time, and I guess he did smell good. It's like okay, fair enough. Why does he smell good though? He was just an alien bass. Handsome water. Because he's Cavill. British Henry Cavill, and yeah, and his okay chest is bigger than my head. And he builds PCs for fun in his off time. And he plays Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, Fucking and Gerald Arivia. Yeah. Okay. She really likes those books. Yeah, 
Okay. Anyways, um, yeah, this is uh, on the Superman thing. I'll just say, leave it at uh, my more uh, enjoyable. Uh, what does that mean? My more favorite version of Superman, I guess, is is this version. Yeah. Which is yeah. a shame. We're not going to see more of it. Apparently, they're recasting Superman now. They're doing a new Superman. You hear about that? That doesn't surprise me. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what they're. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know what they're planning on doing. Apparently, they can't figure out Superman. And, and this now is they're okay. Like, oh, let's try Snyder Cut Superman. might be like the best thing to happen to DC fans, but also the worst because now it's going to divide stuff because they can't go back now. They're not going mm-hmm. to. Um, and. Because I think Warner Brothers is just going to double down, keep their foot down, and start recasting and redoing everything in more of the Marvel image, but with DC characters. Um, I don't even think... I think they've sort of uh, shaken their heads at the whole Marvel approach now, too. I don't even think they're going for that. I think they've realized, like, that's not their game anymore, and their game is... Or, like, their, their arm in the game, like, where they really can stack their cards, is this multiverse approach of telling individualistic stories or stories character centered stories that are sort of uh unique to the voice of the filmmakers telling them um or i guess just more in line with those voices like we saw that with we sort of saw that with joker it's like i don't i wouldn't say that's like a classic todd phillips film coming from the fact that todd phillips directs the hangover movies and like that's his first um like not comedic movie in a way so i think that like joker was a step in the direction of the sort of elseworld unconnected comic book movies like like if you think about what comic book movies were like before marvel mm-hmm. i think that's where dc is heading back to which isn't but actually with that more bad. which isn't bad honestly like i'm sort of nostalgic for that time and and i if if they do this well and like they get do it with uh good intention um which is just like giving the filmmakers the creative reins um then i'm i'm all for it like i'm i'm super down to see the Jungian batman that is all philosophical and all um morally complex and and having this uh dark versus light interior battle like all that philosophy stuff you know i'm, I'm all here for it i'm here for matt reeves take on it because <clears throat> i i'm i'm happy i'm a happy man living in a world where I have the options to flick from Batman versus Superman to Justice League to The Dark Knight to waiting and watching the trailer for Pattinson over and over again. Like I'm I'm a happy man in that world where I have the options. It's like it's like what outfit do you want to wear today? It's like oh it depends on my mood, you know? I have now an outfit for what Batman I want to watch. If that makes sense. True. Or I have a mood of what Batman I want to watch. Like, damn, sense. we live in a world now where there's, like, a Batman for every day of the week. Okay, but, yeah. There's one thing that they're going to do, though, and it's going to piss me off. Um, What's that? They're, they're doing their multiverse thing. Like, oh, everything's actually connected, just like Marvel. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, that's fucking... That's bull. I'm sorry. That's so lazy. Well, it's kind of true, though. Like, it's like... It's, like, it's it lazy. Could, it's like, okay, but how'd they do it? How would they do it? How will uh, they one movie, actually do that? Which is Flash. Okay, but is it lazy if it's Batman Beyond version of Batman? And no, Michael Keaton's returning to play the Batman Beyond version. That of doesn't mean that doesn't. I don't mm. care if I don't care if that's connected to anything though. 
that's just a sequel to the Michael Keaton Batman stuff. But with exactly, Batman. exactly. It's like fuck. That, no, but that has nothing to do with con- that has that. nothing to do with connectivity, though. What I'm t- what I'm saying is they're fucking lazy for being like, oh, it's connected all along. No, it wasn't. You guys are just fucking lazy, and you just want to market it like you guys have some immense cinematic universe, just like Marvel. You don't. Yes, it's it's definitely from the it's like a business move at this point. They're like, what do we do to top Marvel? Let's do the multiverse before they do it, because they both have the multiverse that they can do. Um, it, yeah, I don't know. I think it's like, uh, it's. I guess you're right, like in the sense that it's not. It was never a setup thing, but like as as just a fan of these stories, like I'm fucking excited at the possibility of seeing Michael Keaton return. Like I don't care about the politics behind it or like the the business complications or reasoning. So I'm just like, if that happens, if that's a reality, like I said, yeah, there's the fact that, that, that that's happen, an option. Like, it just, but don't, but like, don't connect how many it times, to the other How many times? How many times does that happen? Where you can see the writer's pen waving while you're watching the movie. Like you can see the writer doing stuff to just progress things forward. Like this is sort of that case of like taking DC to the next level sort of. Um, but if they write it in a way that like is cool, then what, what's, what's hurting, you know, what's hurting it. If it doesn't take away from that original Batman, 1989, uh, Michael Keaton. And it's like, no, okay, but now like, we're giving you something that you would have never seen, Batman Beyond, or like whatever it's gonna be. Um, yeah, I think that's fucking sick. Yeah, but like, it's just you showing can, like you can, these... you can just do a sequel. You don't need to make it connected to everything. But why not? Because why not it... connect it? And then you get you get you? the perspective. What, what, what because that, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'll tell. Well, it could add. It could add. Here, here's me as the hypothetical writer of the untitled Flash movie that's about to come out. If I'm the writer of that movie and I need to write or I, I want to show a dynamic between Bruce Wayne and Batman that has Batman as a mentor figure, you know, uh, that is introducing as a veteran to the DC universe of somebody who potentially knows what the flashpoint or what the um, the um, speed force is, potentially knows all these sort of things you like. It's cool to, to think like, okay, 20 years ago, we did Batman. Let's bring back that guy. And in the real world, like we age him up and act as if that story has been going on all along. Like that world never ended because we've rebooted the movie. Like it's cool to just think that those worlds continued existing because why wouldn't they? Like that's, if, if you think about it, maybe a little too literally, but like the world set up in these movies, like they don't just end because yeah, the who, franchise who is Who said they stopped though? Technically, the percent, like the the um, uh, what's it called? The interpretation is is that it's a new world every time they recast Batman. Like the inter- like when when Michael Keaton was recast, it was technically or like quote unquote the same world, but it was a different Batman, so it's a different world. That makes sense. I guess, but like that's just super convoluted for no reason, like. Not I, really. I think it's, it really is, though. Like, but when you think about it, even in comic books, do this. It's like you've seen, like they they'll they'll refer back to characters of different timelines or different runs altogether, right? In that order to that like didn't go tie over the story so together. well. Like you've gotten a few good stories out of it, like the Injustice mm-hmm. and Flashpoint stuff, but a lot of people weren't exactly happy with it fair okay I'll, I'll leave it with you on this fair point that 
it can come out as lazy, but I'm not even like I'm not even gonna think about that at this point. Like we'll see at the end product if, if it ends up being lazy. Like as a fan, I'm just saying the prospect of seeing Michael Keaton come back wear the bad suit and tell that story in the future and then connect it to this overall DC universe that they're trying to create. I think the prospect of that is fucking cool. I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> you're a skeptic, man. You're, you're you're like you're like Aquaman. Yeah. You're not going to be sold until you see the cheese, until you see the rebirth. I'll only watch a Batman Beyond movie. That's it. Fair enough. Fair enough. And here, I think the reasoning maybe like they're thinking like, okay, why tie it into this mainline canon is because, like. I don't know from their perspective I'm not saying I would feel this way but like from their perspective they might think it's confusing to just make a sequel to a 30 year old movie or 20 year old whatever like it makes more sense to the general audience to sort of connect that old movie to the new line of movies like how stupid do they think the audience is they think the audiences are stupid as fuck that's why they did Justice League what do you mean that's why Justice League is a thing they think we're fucking children that don't know what's what we'd like and that they have to educate us on what we like. Like just, literally, the president of or CEO or whatever of Warner Media literally the other day made it in a statement that the reason they're not doing a sequel to Zack Snyder's Justice League is because they want to continue to make movies that have the broader audience in mind, which is saying we're not making movies for you nerds who spend all your time tweeting at us to release the Snyder Cut. We're making movies for the people who are willing to pay. $50 on the weekend to come and bring their family out to the movies. We're paying for, we're, we're making movies for the everyday guy. So that, like, I don't know. I, that doesn't sit well with me. I'll be honest with you. But, um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Like, we'll see where things go from there. I'm skeptic. I'm still <laughs> you are. Speak. Yes, you are. Anyways, uh, thanks for tuning in. This was a Pretty long one. Good job, us. Um, it has to be a long one. It's a four-hour movie. Yeah, it is four-hour movie, which means double the discussion, which is kind of what we, kind of what we did there. Yeah, yeah. Good job. Good job. Anyways, yeah. Uh, make sure to give us a rating or a like on whatever you listen to. Whether that's yeah, Spotify. we gotta start starting. We gotta start starting with that now on the podcast. True, we, we should gotta start telling people, hey, subscribe, leave the rating. Like, who's gonna listen all the way deep into this and be like, no, I'm gonna subscribe. Real fans, if you are like listening, Lee. yeah, <laughs> yeah, hey, shout out Lee, fucking real fan right there, real guy. Yeah, um, if you're if if anybody's here listening to this point, shout out to you because you're a fucking real one. I'll come um, French, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't even ask you. What do you what do you think about uh, Joker in this movie? That was a point of contention also for some people. Uh, I need to let it sit. Ooh. Not, like, not a big fan, eh? I think that's the I'm only not, scene not, he actually reshot for this, too. Yeah, I'm not not a fan. I just don't know yet mm-hmm. because I'm very particular with that st- sort of stuff. So I need to yeah. really pay attention. How did you feel about the like conversation he has with Batman? Because I thought that was cool. Like They're both talking about death and uh, like just the... The, obviously the death of robin that is sitting in the middle of that conversation but in general like it's this really like sort of phys- philosophical conversation that joker's having with batman and he's like i love the line like i love the writing in that conversation where it's like how many dead eyes do you have to stare into until you're dead inside i'm like damn bro like it like that like inside bruce wayne must be a fucking coal like rock 
Like, how is he able to get up in the morning and wear a cowl in this world, in this nightmare future? Like, why does he still go get up and go out as Batman every day? You don't need to do that anymore. Everybody knows you're Bruce Wayne. Everybody knows what the situation is, but he still does it. So I don't know. Uh, I thought I thought that scene was pretty fucking sick. Yeah, like I said, I need to sit on it. Certain things I like about it, certain things that are Zack Snyder-ish about it. Mm. In not a good way. Yeah. I think uh, a good review to leave off for this film is this is the most Zack Snyder movie there is. Yes, 100%. For better or worse. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, then take it or leave <laughs> it. it. Sucks I for tend you. to take yeah, it more take it than, or I, leave it. Than, I, than I leave it. But, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. there's still some Snyder is, Snyderisms in there that if you don't like, you're not going to like this. But. For sure, I, I I have my like I don't think we like got much into our criticism of this movie, but like I said, I don't think this is a perfect movie. I think plot wise, it has a couple, one in, big like plot hole. one big plot hole, and just a couple of like inconsistencies maybe or like things that are just like okay, confusing or overexplained to some extent. Um, but yeah, I think as how does it how when you watch it like how does it digest? I think it's like. It's for me it sits up there as one of the most epic superhero movies. Oh yeah, me too. Like I'm, yeah. I, I think can, it, I can I think ignore it, all the Snyderisms that I don't mm-hmm. like in this movie just so I can sit through and enjoy what I can give like as the biggest compliment, like the closest thing that I'll get to a live action Justice League cartoon movie. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's it on the nail on the head right there. This is like the animated movies or shows that like fully realized um, in live action. So I think if you're a fan of DC, you will most certainly, I think, be a fan of this. I don't think I've read a review yet online of like a, a DC fan who is not a fan of this movie. Like there was amongst the DC fandom, like of people or whatever who like DC stuff, people were conflicted about Zack Snyder before. But I think this is sort of universally being praised right now, which is interesting. It's like, will, will we get another release of Snyder Cut Part 2 on Twitter? Like, will they force Warner Brothers to make a sequel to this like where is this gonna go now it's like what i'm interested in yeah they're they're starting hashtag um restore the Snyderverse, and we'll see if that goes anywhere but um, apparently that was trending today like worldwide number one at like over a million tweets so damn i hope i hope warner brothers takes notice and with that if anybody from warner brothers is listening to this sponsor a show and yeah. release the Snyderverse <laughs> no. how, how funny would that be yeah. how crazy would that be they're like let's see what people think about Justice League yeah, like they go to our podcast out of all of them <laughs> they're like yeah, let's go watch two hours of this oh, but no someone call up Zach get him to commission two yeah. more Justice League movies these guys like it the mythic morons liked it yeah exactly well I think if they have to listen to anybody they should listen to what me and you have just said because exactly. we're sort of bringing the voices of many into this conversation while also sort of bring out the good points <laughs> yes all the good so stuff. anyways all the good stuffs yeah with that, and with that yeah i'm signing off yeah you got school you got you got to teach some kids tomorrow no that was yesterday yeah. oh i got a okay i got another big day tomorrow though. got big plans and we'll see you next week for kong and skull island apparently kong and godzilla kong and what am i saying kong, what and, I skull kong and skull island, island? yeah what a terrible movie that was. Yeah, I mean, Kong and Godzilla. Shut up, I love that movie. I know, it wasn't bad. I just had really bad seats when I watched it, so I didn't like it. It was really bad, but I love it. Yeah. Anyways. I just...
Anyways, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> we'll see you next week. I gotta go. Peace. To bed. <laughs> Ended on that note. <laughs>